Welcome to In Transition, a program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. Here's your host, David Pembroke. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to In Transition, the podcast that explores the practice of content marketing in government. My name's David Pembroke, and I'm delighted that you've decided to invest some of your valuable time to spend with us today. Content marketing is a strategic business process that involves the creation, curation, and distribution of useful, relevant, and consistent content designed to meet the needs of a specified audience in order to achieve a desired citizen or stakeholder action. It's a modern approach that combines the power of strategic communication planning with the distribution of online and offline channels. Interestingly, recently we saw for the first time a request for quote from an Australian federal government agency seeking content marketing services, perhaps a sign of the times. If you'd like to find out more about content marketing for government, please visit us at www.contentgroup.com.au or if you want to learn more about content marketing, visit the Content Marketing Institute at www.contentmarketinginstitute.com. Well, today, our guest is Kim Ulrich, the Assistant Secretary, Digital Communications in the Australian Government's Department of Communication. She joins me in the studio. Thanks, Kim, for being in transition. No worries. Thanks, David. It's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> Kim, before we jump into the discussion, let's get the story. Where where have you come from to arrive at this lofty position that you're in now? Oh, lofty. Thank you. That <laughs> makes it sound so much more important. Um, look, I've got a background in government, in marketing, PR, um, stakeholder engagement, and also policy. So I am one of those people that does cross over the boundaries between communication and policy. Mm. Um, and for me, I've always found that quite valuable because I can see the benefit of partnering with the business in a, in a policy context to get the message out. Um, and so funnily enough, landing in the role that I am now, I've focused very much around how do we refocus the, the strategic policy intent of the Department of Communications and communicate that and engage with stakeholders and the public. Okay. So th- that's an interesting challenge. And I think perhaps your uh, department particularly has a has a remit for uh, around innovation, isn't it? So you are looking to to push the boundaries. So, what are some of the things that you're doing at the moment that are working for you? Okay, so one of the things we've embarked on is we developed a communication and a digital strategy for the department. And in doing that, we identified a couple of things. Um, one, we did a bit of a skills audit of the digital literacy of our own staff. Um, and identified that while we were above average in some areas, we did have some gaps um, and some areas of development. So we've actually developed a whole digital literacy training program and we're rolling that out across our department um, and that is something that our executive has embraced. Um, Our own executive are getting mentored by some of our younger um, officers within the department, actually our graduate cohort from 2014. Um, We also have focused not just on social and digital channels, but on things like our video conferencing, the use of our internal and external platforms and software, so that staff um, can be really cognizant of how they can use those things and think about then how they might, particularly with social and digital, use that for an engagement and comms purpose. Okay. So just going back to the audit, where, did, where were the gaps? Uh, the gaps were really around things like not understanding fully how to use a whole range of social and digital channels mm-hmm. um, and how you might develop content around those. So for example, the department has a Twitter and a YouTube channel. Um, in some areas, we've got strong understanding around Twitter and other areas we don't. 
predominantly YouTube was pretty low. So, you know, how you might better use that sort of a channel to communicate with different audiences. Um, and then there was just generally, I suppose, a, a need to improve overall the level of understanding around the suite of channels that could be used. Um, in terms of social and digital channels, just generally. So is is the the intent of what you're trying to do is to spread the responsibility for communication more broadly throughout the communica- uh, throughout the department to be the responsibility of policy areas, not just the communications area? Yeah, well, everyone in government, in my view, has a, an obligation to explain policy to the community. Um, and as part of the policy-making capacity of the department we need to engage with the community so our view is that our team will still be if you like the support and advice and we'll still do a lot of the content development but we're trying to get um, the different areas of the department to understand that so that when they're in the early stages of developing a new policy idea or taking something up to government they're thinking about how they might be able to use that consultation and engagement process throughout the policy so it's it's helping in that policy decision-making and advice process, but then it's helping them understand at what points we might do some of that work and what sort of content might be available. So, yes, eventually I'd love to see the whole department writing different types of content. Um, Probably for a while we're not there. Um, So for a while it's about just building up understanding and our area in digital comms supporting them, but eventually that would be fantastic. So as you go through that process at the moment, what are the the lumps and the bumps that you're finding along the way at the moment? Um, Look, probably um, just understanding, probably, uh, probably, sorry, I'll step back one moment. It's probably just understanding why you might need to know about some of these channels. Um, With... Policy development traditionally it's done in a very sort of a very structured way, um, and I'm not saying that won't continue, but there's been a, I suppose um, a bit of a hurdle in just overcoming that there is these other opportunities and other ways that we can engage. And I think that's one of the reasons we're doing the digital literacy training is to just get that level of understanding and awareness out there. Um, and I think once we start to roll that out more broadly, I think that will improve. Um, we have a a minister who's very socially media active. Um, and that really you can say that again. Yeah, uh, and that, but that does help because we have then um, a minister who supports um, that sort of work and is looking for us to explain things in simple ways through things like infographics and short little explainer videos and stuff like that. Um, so again, just getting pe- people within the department aware of what we can do. Once we get over that hurdle, this is this literacy training is about making sure they understand it a little bit better, and then think about it in the context of their work. Yeah, well, I, just to to go to that point about your your particular minister, the uh, the minister for communication in Australia, a gentleman by the name of Malcolm Turnbull. Uh, he's an extraordinary content marketer. Yeah. The way that he produces, yeah. communicates, and he's he's built a, a massive audience for himself. Uh, how does that impact on the department when you do have a minister such as that who is so innovative and who is is pushing the boundaries and really uh, going out there and creating? He's a one man, you know, media company. Yeah. Look, um, I, I think for us it's positive because it means that there is. You know, it's fostering in some ways or helping to foster the innovation culture within the department. Um, We do have an innovation network that organically grew up within the department as well. Um, And that network holds forums and they did things like an internal repeal day where they identified things that we could stop doing or reduce the way or streamline the way we do things to make things a bit more efficient Mm -hmm. um, and looked at other ways of doing things which are a little bit more innovative. So, you know, it's it's definitely, um, I suppose, helped 
the department in terms of maintaining that focus, having a minister like that. So in all government departments all over the world, people are so busy being asked to do more with less. How, in fact, are you able to graft on the, the communications content marketing process to people who are already very busy? Okay, so that's a really good question. And we are here within my area, digital communications, we're there to provide that support to the different business areas and policy areas of the department. Um, But what we're hoping through our digital literacy training is that eventually that becomes part of the way that they think about their policy development and the decision making and consultation process. And that it's almost just something that is inherent in what they're in what our business areas are doing um, obviously we're a little way off from that yet and our digital literacy is about initially raising awareness and understanding and my area is really still doing I suppose a lot of the content development with our business areas but eventually I'd love to see it becoming part of it and just becoming part of the way the business is conducted do you have hard and fast measurement in place that's going to allow you to be able to say yeah. yes we are achieving our objectives Look, for different parts of the work that we're doing, we do. Um, So, for example, with digital literacy, we've got an aim that we will see a step change in things like, um, well, for example, we've already had a 200% increase in staff accessing our lynda.com playlist, which we've sent out to everybody. That means that they can access these different playlists any time of the day, whenever they feel like they've got a bit of spare time. So how coming many, back, how many videos would you have on your playlist? Oh, well, we've got out of the top ten that have been viewed in the last couple of weeks, seven of them, seven of them on the Linda.com are from our playlist. Okay. So we've got quite a number of playlists. They're they're related to um, either you know social and digital work, or they're related to you know using Microsoft Office properly, or. Okay. Um, those sorts of things. And then other things we've done is develop bespoke videos for things like our, vi- for our video conferencing and the use of our internal platforms like our finance and information management systems. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm not sure if I answered your original question. Sorry. But- oh, no, no, no. no, no well, but it, it, it's, it, it's an interesting way that you've set that training program up, really yeah. drawing down on an existing yeah. platform. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which is a... Yeah, it's a clever way to do it, really. Yeah, and I suppose with on the social media side, we have metrics around, you know, um, the numbers of engagements that we get through our Twitter stream and stuff like that. And we want to build, obviously, the community around the YouTube channel and stuff like that. So we do have metrics around that. Um, in terms of content, obviously, um, you know, we have we're trying to be very proactive and strategic. We work really closely with the policy and business areas in the department and develop a forward calendar and try to schedule in as much as you can and what's often a very reactive environment, you know, what we think is coming through at a certain time and what sort of content channels we want to use to, to get that information. Out. So, Kim, just how detailed were your editorial calendars as you rolled out the Triple O program? Uh, quite detailed. So... While I said we could have done a little bit more with planning and that is some of our lessons learned, we did actually sit down reasonably early with our with our business area and say, okay, what is this about? How are we going to do it? And we thought really carefully about the timing around that and obviously had to keep checking back in. But we had a very, very detailed calendar in terms of what were the different audiences, that were the different audiences that we're trying to get to, what were the channels we were going to use and what type of content would best meet those needs. So it was actually quite a detailed part of our overall, it was a separate addition to our overall calendar. So it was like an add-on, if you like. So with all that feedback, Kim, how do you really go about then synthesising that feedback and and drawing it in so that you can improve the quality of the policy that's delivered? Yeah. So that's where obviously, you know, we're going to rely a lot on 
what the you know the the line area or the policy area you know does with that information. From my perspective, it's about gathering it all, doing I suppose um, you know a bit of analysis in terms of through that taking the triple zero one as an mm. example through that review. As we were getting some of the responses coming in, we were pushing out back out via Twitter saying. So far, yep. X percentage of people through the survey are saying they want a smartphone app or whatever it might have been. So we're trying to use, as things come through, use that as a further call to action to gather more information. Um, but obviously the, our policy areas will then look at that, analyse it and put that up to um, the government in terms of policy advice. And then there'll obviously have to be a decision about what's practical, what's not, what's possible, what's not, what's short, medium or long term in terms of delivery. And what were some of the other learnings out of that, that particular program? Um, look, I, I think we did pretty well for a first one. Um, I think, you know, we could have probably done more with the stakeholders and probably packaged some different types of content back out to them to keep the momentum rolling. Um, but we did use what we learnt out of um, as the sort of, if you like, the review progressed and what was coming out of things like our survey, our quick survey, and push that back out for call to action. But we, you know, we could have probably done a little bit more through those stakeholder networks. Yeah. I think the, uh, the this hub and spoke model in terms of the capability, I think it's going to be, you know, the model. I think, yeah. you, you know, you're going to have effectively the, the newsroom at, at the heart yeah. providing those services, yeah. you know, wrapped into a content yeah. marketing methodology that's, right. that's delivering the sort of clarity between the two areas. What sort of setup do you have at, at the centre of your hub? Uh, a small, <laughs> small setup. Um, we we have a we have a group within the um, what small I small but dedicated small but dedicated yeah and passionate <laughs> passionate small dedicated and passionate. Um, but look, we we basically have different types of services that we can provide. So we have people who are writers. Yep. Um, I have people that can do you know video and photography and do post production you know to a certain level. Um, anything sort of too high quality, we, we would outsource. Um, and then I have um, really good design capacity in-house. So depending on what it is that we're developing in terms of content, um, we do have a very small but a very good group of people with expertise. And we do just a lot of, um, you know, advice back to the line areas about what might work as well. So there's a lot of conversation that just happens in terms of trying to get to a certain point and then develop the content. Um, and I also have a community manager who um, is helping on social media strategies. Mm. Do you have technologists in, in your team as well, helping you with your platforms? And- yeah, I have um, the web, what used to be uh, in our IT area, so the web sort of guys are in they've my... They've come across. They've come across to me, which has been fantastic. Yeah, that's um, So I have the publishers and I have the guys who understand how the web works. Um, they're in my team. And I also have um, a guy who's a digital strategist, so he is looking at the moment. He's pretty full bottle on our new internet project, um, but he part of his remit is just to be across what's happening out there in terms of channels and technologies and what might be something that we could use. So you know we're looking at a new EDM, um, and he's been coming up with options around that for us that we're looking to use. So you know it, having those bright people um, is indispensable. Um, I'm not an expert. On technology, I'm not an expert in everything. No one is. So you need that good mix of people who can bring expertise from different areas in. Okay. And and running that hub and the engagement with the line areas and the business areas, how do you go about doing that? Uh, that's pretty much face-to-face. So it's the old-fashioned, it's a bit like an old journalist round. You know, we have people who we call content champions and they will work with different line areas. So it might be about the National Broadband Network or it might be about postal reform 
you know, media broadcasting type issues. So we have a person who sort of has an area of focus um, and they will become the one-on-one. I I don't like to use the word account manager because I I don't think that's the right – it's not really what we're doing. Um, It's more about working with them on, you know, what's coming up and being the content champion. Yeah. But as the content champion, are they a member of your team or they they belong? No, they're in my team. So they're embedded in those areas? No, no. They're They're with with me and they just have an ongoing relationship um, with those line areas. So they're on the phone to them, talking to them all the time. um, And they will lead the comms. I mentioned those comms briefings. They will lead the discussions when we have the discussions with those relevant line areas. And they'll have, they'll start it. I don't necessarily start it. They'll say, okay, last time we chatted, blah, blah, blah. And so we have that regular check-in at a broader level where I also bring in the digital strategist and the community manager as well as the content champion. And we sit down and we talk as a group with the business area and say what's going on and, yeah. Okay, so it sounds like you're, you know, marching along pretty well there with your content marketing. Yeah, well, hopefully we are. Um, You know, in the future I'd, I'd like to see that, you know, we continue the push that we've started. Um, yeah, I, I love the idea, though, that you're building the capability out yeah. into the line areas and this Which, notion of yeah. not thinking that communications and content marketing is the responsibility of the comms area, you know, trying to push it through that narrow narrow funnel as the world changes, as it has changed, it's just not going to work and you're not going to be able to get that speed, that agility, that responsiveness. So if you can build that capability as close to the to the policy area as possible, you're really going to get some results with that. So, you know, hat tip to you for that one. I think that's really going to pay off. Yeah. So where are, the, where are the challenges then? Look, the challenges are, and you, and you touched on it before, is still time. Um, yeah. Everybody is resource poor and, you know, and that's why I'm saying there's there's no way we're at the point where the, our business areas are developing content all the time. Um, but, you know, I'm hopeful in the future that we'll get to a point where they're developing more of it. Um, we are very much at the moment doing a lot of that, but we're also providing a lot of advice to them. So and as we and as we build, as I said, that sort of level of digital literacy generally also across the department, I think that will help us get to a point where that becomes a more accepted part of what people do day to day. An important sort of related uh, area of, uh, of of management of content is the content strategy challenge as well, where we're looking at the at the governance and the auditing and. Uh, the profiling and how you deal with all of this. And I think for government, this is a really important issue because the standards that government has to reach in terms of the ma- the, 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 the management of, of content assets is at a very high standard. What are you doing in that area in terms of trying to, to manage and understand and build a process that effectively um, manages all, the, all of these information assets that you're creating? Um, look, that's a, a really good question. I, I don't think we've really progressed probably as far down that path as we could at the moment. I'll be upfront with that. Um, because it's still predominantly centrally managed within our branch, we can handle... Like, it's it, there's not, as I said, too much yet being yeah. developed by our business areas. We can sort of manage it internally. Um, but, you know, we do have... Obviously, we have clearance processes that we need to take into account. Our department is a lot smaller than a lot in government. Um, so thankfully, you know, the sort of levels of clearance are, are a bit lighter, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. as many, which is great, yeah. um, in terms of being a bit more agile and responding to things. We've also set up things like um, with our Twitter account, 
where we have, I have a, um, our legal area will respond. We have certain categories of types of tweets, if you like, that we do. Some get approved at knee or two level. Others will get approved by myself and um, one of our legal staff. So we're sort of trying to break it down into what is acceptable in terms of a risk level, if that, if that makes sense. Um, And I think there is a, there is a little bit of risk aversion in government, in probably most governments around the world. Um, and obviously we are accountable and we have to be very conscious that, you know, we're, we're spending taxpayers' money and as a taxpayer myself I'm conscious of that. But we're just trying to put things in place to streamline as much as possible and manage risk in a sensible way. So, How important do you feel it is that you've taken these steps where others perhaps haven't begun the journey of, of transformation? Look, I think it is really important and if I have one piece of advice, it would be get your legal team on board early. Um, talk to whoever is in your legal area and talk to the, your executive about what you're doing. Your legal buy-in and your executive buy-in on this sort of journey is absolutely important, really vital. Um, and, because of the risk element? Uh, because of the risk element, but also to um, if you can get you know the, them on board in terms of what you're doing, then you've got them you know halfway already there in terms of understanding the need to do this and being more willing to, you know, put in place things which streamline processes is a bit easier and stuff like that. So it's just taking them a little bit more on the journey. We we did um, a trial last year, late last year of a new intranet and we're still in the process of developing our new intranet at the moment, but it incorporates an internal social collaboration tool. So very early on, we got our legal um, team involved in the trial and that was fantastic. So, you know, they were able to see were there any potential, you know, issues around collaboration on documents or other things that we'd just need to be aware of in terms of this brave new world of internal social collaboration. Um, and they were fantastic in that. We just work, you know, really closely with them all the time. And mm-hmm. and for me, that's just, you know, some advice is your executive, your legal, get them involved early, keep them involved and keep them um, going back to them about your progress as well on what you're doing. And what are some of those other other things that people should, you know, just the small things to get started. Where are some of the other quick wins yeah. in terms of actually doing as opposed to the yeah. process side yeah. of things? Yeah. That, that's going to get your program approved. But but where are the other, where, yeah. where, where are the places that you can go to really get started and start to build some momentum? Um, I don't think you should be doing anything that's out of step with your departmental or your business objectives as an organisation. So make sure whatever you're pushing forward is absolutely aligned. If it's not, then why why on earth are you doing it in the first place? That's my first piece of advice. Um, The second would be being really conscious of is there a nice little topic, an issue or a project that you could do as a pilot? We've done a lot of pilots in the last 12 months or so and we're continuing to do pilots. And that's how we phrase them. It's a pilot. We're testing it. So a bit like that internal social collaboration tool. If if it didn't work, we wouldn't have gone down that path into the future. So, you know, pick something out, you know, whether it's like the triple zero one that I mentioned, the case study before, pick something out that you can sort of go, okay, let's really just focus on this thing for this little while and let's see how we can make this work and then go back and talk about it with people after and say, you know, this is what we've learned, this is what worked, this is what we could have done better, et cetera. And then you sort of get a few runs on the board because you're not trying to take on too much. Yeah. So, you know, just just be really conscious of is there some things that, you know, are really important to your organisation, your department, your business that you could add value to in terms of either a communication content or engagement aspect focus on that, get that out the door and then go back and talk with internally about it to continue getting support for what you're trying to do. 
Okay. What about just to, to sort of pull ourselves sort of up? Let's go up. Let's go up in the helicopter and take a, a bigger view of, of where you see government communication, not just in Australia but around the world, in terms of taking on this opportunity of content marketing that obviously the Department of Communications in Australia has adopted very clearly. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, is your question about the challenges? Or? Well, not so much the challenges, just your view. What, oh. What's your view on, on, on where, where it's we're going? At? Yeah, yeah. Well, not so much where it's going, because I think we all know it's going oh, okay. in that direction, yeah. but how far are we along on the journey? Um, we're not doing too bad. Um, we're not fantastic yet. I think, um, as I mentioned, if I come back to it from a policy perspective, there's there's been a very traditional way of consulting with policy, um, and sometimes that has not been as inclusive as it could have been. So I think if we if we think about from a, a department that's doing strategic policy advice as its focus, is its core focus of is what it does. So we're not transactional, we're not delivering to customers, mm-hmm. we're actually delivering policy advice to government. But if we want to be inclusive in that, so taking our example, mm. then we need to look at how we develop content and use channels to do that as broadly as we can where it's, where, where it's of interest to the public. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, probably where we are right now, we're probably at the leading edge in terms of developing that thinking in terms of the new website that we're developing, which will have a new, have you say, policy consultation page. So we're probably a little bit further ahead mm-hmm. than some of our colleagues in, in the federal government. Mm. Um, some state governments do stuff really well. Victorian government's renowned for doing some really fantastic stuff. Um, Queensland government through things like the floods and all yeah. that really used social media channel, channels really effectively to keep communicating out to the broader public and online channels. Um, internationally, obviously, there's the you know the UK Gov Digital Office, yep. um, which has done a lot of work around that. New Zealand's also been going through a fairly big digital transformation yep. um, in the New Zealand government. So, um, and then if you think about the US, they have a great when we talk about consultation. They probably do it quite well. If you think about um, the We the People approach that they've taken in the US government and how they, um, you know, they, 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 everyone knows that jokey one about, you know, people petitioned, wrote the petition about getting, a, you know, a Death Star built and, and President Obama went back and responded on it. You know, yeah. it, was, it was quite humorous but it, it made the case in point that people, we the people, could go to the government about yeah. issues and if there was enough support behind it, they would actually respond to it. So I think, you know, government's made great strides across the world, but I think in terms of content, we're probably not utilising as much yet. Yeah. Um, you know, But doesn't that get back to that- a capability question, um, you know, to try to... Because people have got to transition from the world of, you know, we'll use the media, um, we'll produce static content... Uh, to uh, we've actually got to think about video, we've got to think about audio, we've got, we've got so many more arrows in the quiver yeah. that we really need those skills to get us from where we, where we are to where we need to be. Yeah, uh, look, I, I think so. But, I mean, even as I mentioned before, even in our own department, I don't have all of that in one person. So I try to bring in what I can um, across, the, across the team. But where we don't have it, we, we ask contractors or other mm. people to provide the service for us, mm. you know. And I think if government's going to be smart about that, they need to think maybe into the future, um, you know, are there either if you take the Gov UK approach, you know, is there are there pockets of expertise in different agencies and departments yeah. across the Commonwealth government that essentially assist others, either strategic advice or even providing some service, you know, is that a path we might want to take? I don't know. But the, 
but they have already started that in Australia here with some of those shared services. Yeah, they have. You know, employment education's got a a very busy shared services area. Yes, it does. But obviously, you know, this focus that you have on digital literacy training is is working for you. And uh, are there any specific areas that are are really working well for you? Look, it's it's still early days um, for us, but I think one of the things that has started to, we're starting to really focus on because we've got a new website coming at hopefully the end of April, early May, um, and we've been reworking... <laughs> the dreaded website yeah, project. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we've been reworking all of the content and that's probably been almost the biggest part of the whole yeah. the whole project. Yeah. Put the build to one side. <laughs> it's actually reworking the content. We've developed uh, a new online content style guide yeah. and we've actually started training my whole branch, my whole team's been on the training so that we understand it ourselves and we've now been training different people across what I call, I'm calling the super authors yes. um, across the organisation so that they're aware of how to to write in a very different way because we have some very technical issues that we deal with. Um, And while our stakeholders probably understand the technical jargon, if you like, um, the broader public may not. And if, again, we want to be inclusive, we've got to make it accessible. Okay, just a final question. And thanks very much for spending some time with us today. I think the insights around what the... uh, Department of Communications are doing in content marketing are really instructive and it's great to see that we have uh, an agency here in Australia that really is you know, demonstrating how it can be done. It's not without its challenges. Let's, let's not be... Uh, and we're not perfect, but no, we're getting there. exactly. But, but at least <laughs> following that strategic approach, you know, this is the thing, you know, tethering any content marketing program to the objectives, it's absolutely fundamental that you do that. You cannot yeah. do things yeah. unless they are working back towards an objective. Yeah. But last week on the show, we were speaking to Carmel McGregor and Carmel made the point that uh, about comms, that really over the years, comms hasn't been valued particularly highly. And, you know, the person who was in charge is the last person who's walked past the door and, oh, you'll do. Uh, In this age now where communications is so fundamentally important and more important than it's ever been because the fact that we are all now in the publishing business, we are all now in the receiving business, uh, what are your views about, you know, the communication profession within the Australian government? Uh, look, I think it's probably a valid point that Carmel made um, in the conversation with yourself. Look, it's it's a bit of a vexed one um, and I think it is a bit mixed and it depends on almost the department and agency you work in. Um, I would hope, and I, and I think sometimes where maybe some of the issues emerge are where some of the comms people can be almost so um, vehement, if you like, in their pushing um, views or opinions forward that it can get the backup of yeah. the different business areas. So I like to think that we work in partnership. Yeah. Um, and and I think, again, because I've worked in both a policy context and I've worked in a communication context, I can see both sides to that. Yeah. Um, but, look, I would hope that that changes over time. While, as you say, everyone's publishing and, and all that sort of stuff, there is still real value in having that strategic communications advice. Um, and I think where you can work very much in partnership with your business areas, then you will be valued. Um, and it's something that we're quite, you know, cognizant of within ourselves, within our own department, and making sure that, you know, we're not being seen to be obstructive um, and that sort of stuff, but we are still providing very professional advice. Um, and it is it is hard, and I do think, to be fair, I think it is a bit mixed and it has been a bit mixed in the past. Mm. Well, it's um, interesting, in, in the UK, uh, as part of their reform program where they've adopted their content marketing approach, part of their remedy was to, in fact, 
recognise communications yes, as a profession. that's correct. Which, yep. you know, that's got to be a good thing and oh, perhaps absolutely. that could happen here. Absolutely. And I think they set up, I can't remember what they called it, a council or something yep. like that. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Mm. I think that's a fantastic idea. Um, and I think also having, you know, potentially pockets of expertise that become renowned, if you like, across the government public sector in Australia will help others to be able to realise, yes, there are prof- this is the profession and there are people who do know what they're talking about and they can add value to the way that we do our work. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think the UK idea is definitely worth some merit. Mm. Maybe that digital literacy training is something that could be uh, to, could could be rolled out across the whole of the Australian We're Public happy service. to talk to anyone. Uh, <laughs> open for business. <laughs> well, Kim, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us today. It's, your insights are wonderful. It's great, you know, to speak to somebody who's there on a daily basis. I think uh, the listeners of this podcast who are in the business of content marketing and government will take a lot from it. So thanks very much for speaking to us today. No problem. Thanks, David. So what about that? Fantastic insights from someone who is sitting there every day working through it. I think probably the, a couple of the key things I'd like to highlight out of that are if you're going to get started, understand that you've got to go and understand the objectives. What are those objectives that your your department, agency, branch, whatever it is, what are those areas that you need to tether your content marketing plan to? Then when you do your planning, think very clearly about working back towards those objectives. So at any point in time, if anyone comes and asks you about a particular execution or tactic, you can say, we are doing this because it is helping us to achieve one of the corporate objectives that are in place. I think the um, advice of Kim to get your executive involved, go and make friends with the legal team. I think that's also a a really fabulous advice uh, to really get this sort of program started. So just great stuff there from Kim Ulrich. And I know Kim is very interested in uh, assisting people who might like to be involved. She can be found in LinkedIn and Twitter and all the other places as well. So be sure to make contact with her and follow what's going on at the Department of Communications as an exemplar. So you do want to get something up. You do want to stand up a bit of a program, you can start to point towards the Department of Communications and say, hey, look, they are doing it over there. They're doing it effectively. They're doing it effectively in policy development. So why don't we try it here? So great stuff from Kim Ulrich. Thanks to her. And thanks to you for once again being involved. I'll speak to you next week. You've been listening to In Transition, the program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. For more, visit us at intransitionpodcast.com.au.